Thank you for joining us once again on the Delco Young Democast. My name is Mike DeEva. It is awesome to talk to you guys again. Uh, today we've got something that we haven't really tried before. Uh, we took a field trip uh, with the Democast. Uh, we went out to the March for Our Lives, uh, Saturday, March 24th, uh, that we had here at uh, Rose Tree Park in Media. Uh, one of about seven or eight hundred marches worldwide, uh, organized by the survivors of the Stoneman Douglas uh, High School tragedy down in Florida, uh, to bring attention to uh, inaction on gun violence and the gun culture in America. Uh, so it was a an amazing, awe-inspiring event. Uh, even though it wasn't as big as the one that was in Philadelphia, uh, we got some uh, great audio from that. So we're going to let you guys listen to some of that now. Hey everybody, uh, it's Mike. Uh, this is going to sound a little weird because I am in my car driving down to Rose Tree Park in Media uh, about to go check out the March for Our Lives, uh, which is one of 800 some odd, I think 830 something uh, marches planned by the survivors of the Stoneman Douglas shooting. Um, it is I'm not quite sure what to expect, but the one thing I do know is that I am absolutely in awe of these kids who are organizing themselves in ways that I would have been completely unable to do um, a couple of years ago, let alone in middle school and high school. Um, you know, these kids are impressive as hell. And the fact that this is the next generation of leaders stepping up as we speak uh, is really awe-inspiring to see. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure what this is going to look like. Uh, I know we're supposed to meet at the gazebo in Rose Tree Park. Um, Could have gone into the city, but I figure since we are Delco-centric here, uh, that the event in media would make more sense. And there are satellite marches all over the place. The main one is down in D.C. for obvious reasons, but um, there's a march going on in Westchester today. There's uh, all kinds of marches going on all over the place. Um, like I said, 830-some-odd, I think. I can't, can't exactly check my phone while I'm behind the wheel here. But it is going to be interesting, and I think we're going to see a wide variety of folks from kids down to retirees um so yeah uh my plan is to get you guys a little taste of some of the sights and sounds and uh you know kind of let you know what it's like i am far from a journalist but we will we i will do my best and uh if we get a chance to talk to some folks we absolutely will but otherwise i will just kind of you know let you guys hear what's going on Alright, so I'm pulling up now, trying to park. I'm highly encouraged by the row of cars that I've stuck in here. Uh, I'm seeing the Delaware County Park Police and some uh, media police as well. A bunch of folks with signs, which is uh, to be expected. Uh, looks like a very sizable group here. Uh, hard to tell for sure, but looks like a a lot of people turning out for this, which is not surprising. Um, looks like at least one or two hundred at this point, with a lot of cars still in this line here, a lot of people still milling around the parking lot. Um, this is 
highly, highly encouraging to see. Um, not seeing any kind of counter-protest or anything like that. A lot of American flags, but that uh, doesn't necessarily mean opposition to what we're here for. Um, I'm trying to make sure I don't run into anything as we're parking here, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's a very, uh, very encouraging to see this many people. Um, yeah, I'm going to try and see if we can capture some of the speakers and then uh, anything else that we have here. Uh, yeah, a lot of young kids that I'm seeing here. A lot of young kids, uh, which is not surprising as this is a student-led movement. Um, absolutely what I would expect uh, from something like this. See what's going on here. Feeling a little left out. I didn't bring a sign, but that's fine. It's probably fine. We'll uh, take a look. See, a little bit of a cold day here, but you know, it's not even really gonna bother me. But yeah, still snow on the ground. No leaves on the trees. But this is. Uh, uh, we're out here no matter what. So, trudge across here. Head over to this gazebo where we've got probably 200 people or more gathered already, and we're still a good 15 minutes before the start time. So, man, I need to be in better shape. <laughs> Yeah, this is probably not going to get edited whatsoever, so it's going to be, uh, yeah, this is what it actually sounds like when we record stuff. So, let's see what we have. TV cameras, all kinds of signs. Thoughts and prayers aren't enough. Protect kids, not guns. All to be expected. Channels interviewing some of the kids. An older person with gray hair holding a sign up that says, uh, Geese are thankful to teens. Another one, grandmother calls BS. This is, uh, this is tremendous. All right. Let me try to get around the other side of the crowd here and we'll, uh, have some more sound. We found an old friend, Mr. Dan Muroff. <laughs> How you doing, Dan? I'm doing great. Thanks so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I know you just said you were thinking about trying to be here in media and at uh, at the march in Philly at the same time, but uh, decided to stay local. It looks like. Yeah. It's, it, there's. They're all over. Uh, they're all over the region, and they're uh, you know, DC. And I just decided to focus on this. And I'm glad I'm here. Hundreds of people showed up. This is wonderful. Yeah. This is terrific. And it doesn't look like. I love the mix of, you know, people with strollers, and then I saw a sign over there that said "Grandma, grandmother says BS" or something like that. So. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, this is I terrific. This is absolutely fantastic. No, the line of cars coming in was just—I mean, it just—it's moving. I mean, it's great to see this kind of this kind of fight for a change, and you know, this is how it starts. Yeah, and I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying seeing that you know this is led by the students instead of any kind of, you know 
any of those astroturf grassroots groups or any uh, you know it's it's the kids fighting and advocating for themselves yeah. which I love I agree uh, too and I you know it's amazing that they still try to paint them as bought and sold yeah you know, of course high school students of uh, course these are these are people. These are people who you know they they're tired of hiding under their desks and in closets and doing drills to you know this, 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 this you know to be I don't know how else to characterize but target practice. I, yeah. I just it's it's uh, yeah the uh, the Columbine shooting was my freshman year of high school. So it's kind of you know anybody younger than me. This is all they've ever known. Yeah, that's so all they it's know. Really, that's know, all they it's know. amazing to see that you know even with you know, so little to kind of compare it to that they're still, you know, making sure that they're they're speaking up and saying, hey, this is this is wrong, this is messed up. We had we had a ceasefire PA have been working for years to try to, you know, it's just trying to push a boulder uphill. Uh, yeah. It is it is a it is a real challenge. But the way that and we've said this before, the way this changes and the the, the only way for it to change is to get people elected into office who are actually going to look for a change. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just going to have people who are going to be complicit. Absolutely. That's what it is. I'm Irene Lane. I'm the organizer of one of the 800 marches that are that is being held here in Rose Tree Park, Media, Pennsylvania. Excellent, excellent. What was it that sort of uh, inspired you to uh, organize this specific event? Obviously a lot of people are kind of taking a lot of interest in this uh, in this issue right now but you know I was watching the TV and watching the massacre and watching the aftermath and something in me broke something in my mother's heart I'm a mother it's like my mother's heart was breaking for all the mothers that are weeping again and again and again 96 people a day will die from gun violence 24,000 people a year mentally ill will be committing suicide and have easy access to guns. 54% of every one of those shooters is a domestic abuser out to kill a significant other. I'm shocked it's that low, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, one out of every three of those shooters got guns through loopholes illegally. So that's... I just, I don't know, I just got up and I grabbed my keys and I came over the park and I said, please, may I have this park? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to organize a march. I'm not an activist. I'm a mother. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you've done a fantastic job here. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, this is what yeah. democracy looks like. <laughs> Excellent. I know you have a lot going on, so thank you very much yeah. for spending a thank second with you. us. Thank you. Hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, this is thrilling and there are all kinds of <laughs> gentlemen here walking past me with a uh, what appears to be a make america great again hat but it's written in russian so that makes it uh worth seeing so day is full of children um advocating for themselves which is all i've ever wanted i'm actually directly behind the uh channel 29 news camera here so Hopefully we'll be able to hear everything that uh, the speakers say and uh, we'll be able to uh, give you guys an idea of what's going on here. Uh, what's your name? Karen Goldman. Karen, uh, what, uh, what made you decide to come out specifically to media today? Um, well, the whole organization um, being 
student-led, uh, I think is going to change the world. And um, my generation, I'm 50, my generation just did not do enough. We just, we stood by and we lived our lives and we didn't, we didn't change this issue. Maybe we did some other things, but not this. Now, I don't think this particular organization is student, or March is student-led per se, but the movement itself is, and I'm just, I couldn't be prouder of the kids. I don't have kids myself, but I'm I feel like they're all my kids. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's terrific to see, and this is something I've said to a couple of people here that you know, the students advocating for themselves is really you know encouraging. Cause it's like, oh, you go back to eating Tide yeah. Pods, but no, it's yeah. it's they're no. actually you know making trying to make a difference. And they're going to be voting if not next year, then the year after. So everybody better look out because these kids are going to do it. There's hope. If you can't hear me. difficult. So first things first, a lot of people have said to me, why are you here? Like why did you take the time to or why did you take the time to organize this march? And all I know is I was sitting watching TV as probably many of you did and you were probably weeping as I was weeping and there was something in me that broke and I knew that I couldn't watch anymore and that I had to. I had to go into action and so I came to this park and I petitioned our government, local government, and they said yes, bring the people. And when I started to organize because I'm a grandmom and I'm a mom and I've never organized anything like this in my whole life and I didn't know what I was doing and I had to learn by trial and by effort and by calling and dialing and researching and I discovered quite a bit. I discovered, number one, that our federal government actually does a good job with their background checks and that since 1994, three million people who are felons have been denied access to guns and we have stopped three million people from having <coughs> guns. And what else is important about that is 300,000 of those three million were domestic abusers and 54% of all shooters are domestic abusers. We have regulations called one and done. If you're a domestic abuser, you probably shouldn't be thinking you're one of the good guys with the guns. <laughs> and I'm here on a personal note. I wanted to know why did my nephew, completely mentally ill, schizophrenic, discharge from a mental institution be allowed to immediately go to a gun shop in his state, purchase a gun, and commit suicide. Yeah, it is that bad. And before I got here, mics off somebody. There you go. Before I got here, is it off? Before I got here, I went over to his grave. And I brought my cup 
Fernando Pollock. Martin D.K. Anguiano. Shaquin Oliver. Cora Lochran. Nicholas Warrett. Peter Wang. Scott Bagel. <laughs> Jamie Gunberg. Aaron Feist. Anyway, I know you're here for the same reason that I am, because we recognize that gun violence in America, especially in our nation's schools, has reached a level that we cannot tolerate. Some say it's a political issue. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. That's politics. But I think that serves to minimize the importance of the issue and to coordinate off for our elected politicians. However, I feel that gun violence in America is nothing less than a national public health and safety crisis. It is a national security issue when children, children are being shot, injured, traumatized emotionally, physically, and killed from within our borders. So it is an issue that every citizen has not just the right, but to the imperative to speak out on and act on. We've reached a turning point, point excuse me, where the strong passions of a minority are clashing with our pursuit of life, liberty from fear, and happiness of our citizens. How will we decide between these conflicting interests our children are telling us we must do something to protect them. We must bring their well-being to the forefront of all our decision-making. We must listen and act and vote accordingly. We must put our politicians on notice that if they take money from the NRA, we know it is not the citizens that they are serving. Yeah. 
children have the right to feel safe at school and at the mall and at concerts and houses of worship at home and in their neighborhoods. They need our protection. <laughs> Please call your senators, your Congress people, your local and national, and demand they pass stronger background checks and assault weapons ban legislation. Please, today, you're registering um, voters up in the front table here. And if you are going to be 18 by November 6th, you can register to vote. Yeah! recent mass shooting because it's the third one we've seen this week. Only 
in America do we send our love and prayers to the only in America do we ban a chocolate egg because it's a choking hazard, but not an assault rifle that claims infinitely more lives. <laughs> <laughs> Only in America are police excused for acting on impulse while innocent men and women are shot down. <laughs> Only in America do our leaders shout insults through Twitter, but remain incapable of passing le legislation to improve the safety of our nation. Why did these things keep happening? Why have the people in charge not solved anything yet? If so many people wanted to stop these mass shootings from happening, why did it feel like nothing was being done about it? After the Parkland shooting in Florida this year, the new generation began to realize that if those in charge wouldn't lead the change for the future, we would. So what did we in the new gen do? We protested. Instead of simply giving a like to acknowledge a tragedy, we started using our social media outlets to plan protests. We started to sign petitions and get others' attentions to this issue. We started using our voices. And what did the people in charge do? They tried to silence us. They discredited our efforts. They treated us with the same respect given to toddlers. They pretend to listen to our views and still did nothing about them. On the March 14th protest, many schools had announced they would participate in organizing the protest. And while it's great that those schools are not punishing the students, it also shows how much they don't listen. Schools took an event that was supposed to disrupt the system, an event that would show others 
that the future generation would not stand for acts like these anymore and made it a part of the system. The schools decided to pat us on the head, make sure we all walk out in nice, neat lines at the proper time. My teachers monitored the whole thing, and once the 17 minutes was up, made us all go back inside so we could get along with the rest of our day. Some teachers stole microphones from the hands of teen protesters they found to be inappropriate and gave detention to those that didn't follow the school protest rules. The school took an event that was supposed to disrupt the system and made it a part of the system. Despite all of this, we will not give up. The schools don't understand that this isn't an issue that is going to go away easily. The government doesn't understand that this isn't just a spur of the moment movement that will eventually fade off. We are here, we need change, and we will not rest until we see it. our anger and sadness will accomplish nothing. If we are to truly make good on our proclamations of never again and enough is enough, then it's time for us to examine the laws and politics behind the fight for safety in our schools. And the facts don't lie. A survey conducted by Northeastern and Harvard Universities in 2015 found that 22% of people who purchased guns did not undergo a background check prior to purchasing the gun. That's one in five people. This equates to five million gun owners in this country who purchased a gun without undergoing a background check. Is it any wonder that guns are ending up in the hands of the wrong people? In fact, perhaps one of the prime examples of the wrong people to own a gun are domestic abusers, as Irene discussed. Yet between 1980 and 2008, more than two-thirds of homicide victims murdered by a spouse or an ex-spouse were killed with firearms. And our federal laws have gaping holes regarding domestic violence. Federal law doesn't require reported domestic abusers to turn in their guns immediately. The only realistic solution to address the inadequacy of our current laws is to pass legislation for tighter gun control including background checks, including waiting periods, including a ban on military-style assault weapons. This shouldn't be that difficult, but getting these laws passed requires political action, and the truth is that too many politicians in our country are beholden to the National Rifle Association. The NRA has for years opposed waiting periods and background checks to purchase a gun. Even in the wake of the Parkland shooting, the NRA announced that they still supported keeping the minimum age to buy an AR-15 at 18, not 21. Yet most Americans support stricter gun laws. Why does the voice of the majority carry less weight than the NRA's campaign contributions? I implore you all to go home and to consider this. Action is needed to put an end to gun violence. Whether this means 
voting for candidates supporting gun reform, or even running for office yourself. Voicing your opinion about legal change to improve gun laws is the only way for us to never again have to face the horror of a mass shooting. Thank you. My name is Valentina Spadia. I'm a junior at Harriton High School. Columbine High School, 1999. 13 people killed. Intratech TEC DC-9 pistol. High point 9mm carbine. Savage 617 pump action shotgun. And a Savage 311D 12 gauge shotgun. Weapons obtained legally. Sandy Hook Elementary School, 2012. 26 people killed. Bushmaster XM-15 assault rifle and a 22 caliber Savage Mark II rifle. Weapons were legally obtained and registered. Marysville Pilchuck High School, 2014. Four people killed, a Beretta pistol. The shooter obtained the gun from his father who should have failed a background check due to domestic abuse. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. February 14th, 2018. 17 people killed. A Smith & Wesson MP15, a semi-automatic assault rifle. A legally obtained weapon. And then on March 20th, this year, Great Mills High School, one person killed. A Glock 9mm pistol. The shooter used his father's legally obtained weapon. Dot, dot, dot. Are there more? Does the list continue on? In 2019, will we have another school shooting? No. no. Or do we, right here, right now, have the power to end this? Yes. Yes. We have the power to end the problem. Thank you. Hello, my name is Shaka. I am also a junior at Harrington High School, and I am 17 years old. While advocating for an effective gun control law in the summer of 1968, Senator Joseph Tidings of Maryland expressed his sorrow for our nation's lack of gun control. He said, it is just tragic that in all of Western civilization, the United States is the one country with an insane gun policy. <laughs> this distressing sentiment can be considered an underestimation when thinking about America's current policies. The United States is the only modern industrial nation that continues to maintain a strong support for gun ownership. The United States is the only such nation in which the lawful possession of handguns of shotguns and rifles is widespread throughout the majority of the population. It is 
the only such nation that is stubbornly attached to a Second Amendment, the right to bear arms, and is coincidentally the only nation with such a disproportionate amount of gun violence. This major problem can be attributed to our country's gun culture, our country's secure hold to, and normalization of the possession and use of firearms. To better establish this assertion, I'll allow the numbers to speak for themselves. One, the U.S. has nearly six times the gun homicide rate of Canada, more than seven times that of Sweden, and nearly 16 times that of Germany, according to United Nations data. Two, according to CNN, the U.S. makes up less than 5% of the world's population, but holds 31% of global mass shooters. Along with that, America, Americans own roughly 42% of all of the world's privately held firearms. That's almost half the civilian-owned guns around the world. Four, estimated in 2007, the number of civilian-owned firearms in the U.S. was 88.8 .8 guns per 100 people, meaning there was almost one privately-owned gun per American and more than one per American adult. United States, a wide array of empirical evidence indicates that more guns in a community leads to more homicide. Six, on average, there is around one mass shooting for each day in America, and as of February 2018, there have been more than 1,600 mass shootings, with more than 1,800 people killed, and over 6,400 people injured. As I let these sink in, I have just one question. Is this the kind of nation we want to be? No! Do we want to be a nation that no longer guarantees the safety of our children? No! Do we want to be a nation that values the possession over, of a gun over the lives of our future? No! The answer is no, and in order to make this a reality, we need change. Because never again should a child go to school only to never come home to see their family again. And never again should a parent have to go through the agony of mourning their child when they believed that no harm could come to them. Never again, America. Never again. Thank you. shooting happened. 32 dead. After my first year of middle school, the Sandy Hook shooting happened. 26 more dead. Now the Parkland shooting. I'm a junior in high school. 17 more are dead. Over 100 students have died from these school shootings since I've been born. a town 
a city is because it's where that massacre happened, where all those children died. Newtown, Columbine, Parkland. I don't want to grow up in a time. I don't want to grow up where I see collages of victims on the news blasted up on the screen. Videos of crying families outside of school, childless and heartbroken. I don't want to grow up where mass death is the new normal, where it is acceptable when kids die before their parents and grandparents, where we are desensitized to these tragedies. This is not normal. As much as it feels normal, and I find myself saying, oh, that's sad, and moving on, it's not normal. legislatures can make something happen or we need to vote new people in. We need to wake up. For our lives. For our families' lives. And for our friends' lives. In two years, I may not be in high school anymore. But in 20 years, in 30 years, will I need to worry about getting a phone call that my child has been shot and killed when I become a teacher, well, I need to tell my students that they are not safe. And that's why I'm here. I'm tired of nothing changing. I'm tired of these tragedies making headlines. I'm tired of grief from needless deaths of innocent people. This needs to stop. Together, I believe we can bandage our school's wounds. Thank you. High School and I am 17 years old. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said in 1963 that he was happy to join the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Well, today, that incredible something is happening again. We, the people of the United States, are once again standing together in demonstrations across the country to fight for our fundamental rights as human beings our rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. <laughs> 227 years ago, in 1791, the Second Amendment of the United States of America was passed, the right to bear arms. But now, 227 years later, we call this amendment into question. The guns have changed. The risks have changed. Therefore, our attitude must change. Yeah. It is obvious today that 
too many in our governing bodies do not care about the lives of children. Instead of honoring their sacred obligation to represent and protect the people, Congress has decided that owning a military-style weapon for a reason I cannot fathom is more important than the lives of the 138 people who have been shot to death in school shootings since Sandy Hook Elementary. Amen. But today, America is on the streets, not Congress. And we do not agree. We refuse to believe that the Bank of Justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there is such a deficit of justice that there is no way to invest in the safety of the future of this nation. We have gathered here today to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. As Ryan Petty, father of Elena Petty said, our message is simple. We must be the last families to lose loved ones to mass murder in a school. This time must be different and we demand action. my children walk into school and I kiss their foreheads and I tell them I love them, that I won't have the worry on my mind of what could happen to them while they are at school. I imagine an America where we can everyone be safe. One day, one day we can all hug our families close and have the freedom that President Franklin D. Roosevelt imagined for us, our universal human right to enjoy freedom from fear. I'm Graciela, I'm a junior in Herodin. I'm gonna keep this short because I know we all wanna march. But uh, now is the time that we need to take action. And we all know this. You guys need to get out and vote. You need to register to vote. Yes. I can vote in 15 months. <laughs> and we all need to vote. Come November, we are going to come to the polls. Yeah. Patrick Meehan has represented this district for eight years. In that time, he has donated, he has been, he has received $15,000 from pro-gun associations and has signed every every non-gun control act that's come his way. These are not the people we want to represent us. No. These are not the people we are going to have. <laughs> there are 15 people running for that new seat next year. About half of them support gun control and those are the ones that we want to see. Those are the ones that you need to vote for. The new district in Montgomery County has five people running. Four of them support gun control. Vote them in. And even if you can't vote, you need to talk to everyone you can. You need to call everyone you can. Make it so our representatives know your phone number by heart. <laughs> call them, text them, send letters, do everything you can. Tell them that we are not letting this happen again. Tell them that one kid's life is worth more than all the guns in America. Tell them yes. enough, enough. <laughs> this is ours to do whatever we can. We are going to take action. And this starts right now, right here, when we march together and tell them, never again. Never again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs>
leading this march. Yes. The students are leading this march, so they're going to line up right here with their mothers and their fathers. This is those speakers were unbelievable. Um, you know, I'm very, very encouraged by the future here, um, which I guess is the whole point of the show. I don't really have anything else to say. I've never felt better about sitting in traffic. It's, uh, looks like we're trying to leave an Eagles game right now. Um, this is amazing. Um, but I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of the Delco Young Democast. Uh, I don't think I'm going to edit this at all, so it's going to be warts and everything. Um, because I think it's important uh, that everybody hears uh, exactly how this went down today. But thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, please check us out on social media and uh, tell your friends uh, about the show. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Take care.